Welcome to the QSPS Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Yankoviak. Joining me, as always, once again, from a windy apartment, Tommy Stinson. No longer windy. I think uh, I think the breeze in here has uh, petered off. Tommy, no longer in the windy city. Now I'm in the city of angels. The Big Easy. The, Alo- the Aloha State. <laughs> uh, quasi-serious Philly sports is back. We had, how long was our hiatus this time? I don't know. Was A it before, before the tournament? Uh, I think the mascot pod was the, was the last pod. Well, we uh, we never guaranteed that, you know, we'll always be there for you, but we might run out of town for a month or so every once in a while. Yeah, but we'll always come back. A good time to come back, too. Sixers playoffs, the Phillies are relevant, Eagles draft. A lot going on. Tommy Stevens, Penn State's prospective starter, is transferring. That's right. Um, I have a psychopath move. Of the week this week, I've got a good one too. Yeah, I have something to tell you when we talk about the topic, but let's go. Nice. Uh, but before all that, what's happened in our lives since the last pod, Tommy? Ooh, I went. Uh, I went camping last weekend in the woods. It was wonderful. Wait, really? I didn't yeah. know that. <clears throat> yeah, I went camping in uh, in New York State. It was pretty pretty fun with three friends backpacked in. Um, before that, I had two. Pretty uh, wild New York weekends, and uh, yeah, things have been pretty good. Nothing too crazy, but was enjoying the college basketball as was happening. Uh, what, um, what did camping entail? How far did you? How far did you hike? So we hiked uh, seven miles on Saturday, and then three miles out on Sunday. Ah, see, that is nice. The uh, the uh, second day, as long as yeah. it's not too bad. No, it was fine. Remember we went hiking before and I, how far did we go? Like 12 miles and I did it all in Tim's or Smith's. Yeah. yeah. Yep. 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 I just but assumed the work boots yeah. were also hiking boots and that was not the case. This time though, we, we did carry all of our stuff with us. Like we didn't set up camp and then hike. Oh, like we did okay. that time. So it was a hard seven miles. Yeah. And a lot of uphill too. I was pretty exhausted. Ugh, fuck that. <laughs> um, I, I think I'm a big car camping guy. Yeah, I see the appeal of both, but I kind of like the uh, exhausting yourself and then like getting to relax at, as the sun goes down and getting to like a nice isolated spot. Yeah, the thing with car I mean, camping is you're not very isolated. No, but you can still do all the exhausted stuff and then you know warm up your car if it gets a little bit too cold. <laughs> I agree, but I think you can be a little bit rowdier when you back back in. That's true. That's bit. true. For me, two things that's ha- two things that have happened in my life. Since the last pod. One, oh, yeah. I got sick for the first time in forever because I never get sick. But it was also the first time getting sick living on my own, not in college. Yeah, Fucking how was that? Blows, man. You have to take care of yourself. You have to drive your sick ass to CVS and get medicine and then make your own soup. And then clean up the soup bowl when you fall asleep and a little of the broth spills. Ugh. Yeah, I remember you were uh, you were texting us, and we were like, "Yeah, Chris, that's literally adulthood. It's fine." It's I, so I lived at home last year, and I was twenty six years old, and it was you don't even realize it. Like, yes, there's just medicine in your cabinets, and your stepmom will make you soup. You can fall asleep on the couch, and then someone throws a nice blanket over you. Oh my god! 
Yeah, you're a little baby boy. Oh, sick alone. Blows. Horrible. And I got I got one more story that just sucks. So, on I, I did my... I feel like this is becoming a thing that I do a lot. Mm-hmm. Where I'll work Saturday morning at Sirius, drive to Philly, get fucking hammered, leave at 5 a.m. and drive back to Sirius for my shift on Sunday. Okay. I've been doing that... Not a, I've probably done that... 10 times in the year I've lived down here in DC. That's 10 to 52 weeks, about 20% of the time. Yeah. <laughs> about once a month. So what I did was I left my debit card at the bar in Philly. Oof. But I didn't realize this until way later in the game. I had 15 bucks of cash on me, put some gas, got a breakfast sandwich at Wawa at six in the morning, driving serious. I was on E, but I knew I was going to make it to work. So I was like, oh, I'll just gas up after my shift. I get to the gas station around the corner from Sirius XM. No debit card, no cash. Oof. And it's Sunday. So I'm fucked. Luckily, I had a check from my grandma for 25 bucks. Wow. I, I had mail in my car that I never opened. But I knew that check, or I, I knew that piece of mail was going to have a $25 check in it. So lucky, I walk, it did, lucky it didn't bounce. So I walk to a grocery store about a mile. They don't they don't cash checks. Then I walk another half mile. They don't cash it. They tell me to go to Walmart. At this point, I'm now in the ghetto. So I'm cashing a fifth or a $25 check at a ghetto Walmart. Okay. It was fun, but a little bit scary. The guy behind me was on some sort of hard drug. He was shaking and kind of making guttural mouth noises but also giggling right like he was on fucking something just just a taste yeah just, just a taste of some sort of hard drug okay. so i finally get the it, was, it ended up being 23 dollars because they take two bucks off the top i have a two and a half mile walk back so i decided to finally download a scooter app and i got to scoot all the way back it was really fun nice so i mean it sucked for a while but my uh, show got done at noon, and I got back to my apartment at 3.30. <laughs> uh, you basically went on like a five-mile hike. Yeah, basically. Just through the mean streets of Washington, D.C., and three different grocery stores. But I got to okay. ride a scooter, so that was kind of fun. I'm sure they were happy to have you. They were. Anyway, speaking of scooters, no, that doesn't work, does it? What's, what's first? Sixers. Sixers is first. Speaking of... Cashing your playoff check. Cashing your playoff check. The Sixers, I'm sure have done that. I'm sure the Nets have done that. And, um, man, this is a shitty transition. The Sixers are in the playoffs against the Nets, and we're going to talk about it. Tommy, do you want to yeah. talk about podcast time travel? Tonight's game first, or do game one and two? Okay, so game one, uh, I haven't watched any highlights, and I didn't watch it live because I was in the woods. Once I heard about the score and how it went, I refused to watch anything about it. Oh, man. Uh, so you're going to have to tell me about game one. Game two, uh, I watched the whole thing. I ate, like, 16 wings. It was wonderful. Ooh. 16? Then, uh, yeah, I was in the 15-16 range. Wow. We split, uh, we split 70 between four of us. <laughs> You, Abbo, Brian McKellar, and who else? Goody. Wait, but I, I got the, the first three correct? 
Correct. <laughs> I'm proud of myself. You should be. Um, so game one was the entire first half of game two, you know, times two, where they slept walks, didn't do anything. I actually wanted to talk about this. So mm-hmm. game one, good teams always lose game one. So you can see that with the Nuggets, who actually might not be good, or the Raptors. They always lose game one? Yeah, don't they? No. But I'm saying every playoffs, a oh, good like team a, always oh, seems like to drop. A good team wins game one, yeah. A good team always always seems to drop game one. I thought you were just saying, like, universally, all good teams lose game no, one. No, no. I just feel like every playoffs in one of the four rounds, the, the Warriors will drop a game, or the LeBron Cavaliers, they always drop a game. Right. But this game one was every single Sixers wart got exposed. Think of any wart the Sixers have. Uh, bad perimeter defense. Bad perimeter defense. Dinwiddie, Levert, and Russell torched them. Ben Simmons had a terrible game. His jump shot fucked up the spacing. Uh, Joel Embiid, he looked very hurt. A lot more, just as hurt as he did in game two. Looked very slow, looked very athletic, unathletic. Mm. Mike Scott was very dumb. He had a very big, dumbass game. Tobias Harris was nowhere to be found. Jimmy Butler was a ball hog, although he was kind of carrying the team. But if you want to paint it in the it's a wart right. light. And Brett Brown got outcoached by Kenny Atkinson. Literally every single wart came to fruition. You would think, like, maybe once one flares up here in game one, another one in game five, another one in game two of the next series. Every, th- every single shitty thing that could have happened happened in game one. Yeah, uh, Murphy's Law. But you don't think it's all going to happen at once. And everyone was scared because they were sleepwalking and they slept walked through what six quarters yeah i was i was a wip caller that day what were you thinking well i was i'm always thinking fuck brett brown ben simmons fucking doesn't care about us i you know i i had some kardashian related things to say it was bad well, he broke up with uh, kendall i know but after game 1 I, I was in a bad place i was a wip caller It'll happen to the best of us. And then game two happened. I mean, they slept walk through two more quarters. So I was I was like 97-5 caller, not WIP caller after the first half. Okay. But then, you know, the, the uh, third quarter happened, and it was fucking amazing. The most points scored in a quarter all season by the Sixers? Yeah, I, I actually rewatched it while I was waiting for you. When everything clicks for the Sixers, they are the best team in the East. Yeah. Like, yeah, for sure. That's their ceiling. They came out in that third quarter, and within three minutes, the game was over. They scored yeah, 18 I mean, points. They just needed a little um, verbal tongue lashing from uh, our boy Brett Brown. I mean, it was it was incredible. They had Ben Simmons covering D'Angelo Russell with, like, Ben trying the whole time on defense, Ben, which mm. was nice. Locked in, Ben. Um, the, the aggressiveness with Simmons is so – I understand you can't be going 100% all the time. Right. But in game one, I don't understand where you're going, visibly going 10%. Uh, yeah, uh, it's I don't. It's bizarre. Maybe he was shook from the breakup. I guess. Maybe he had uh, the, uh, the night of the breakup, you get really drunk with your friends, and they're trying to cheer you, cheer you up, but you're just kind of getting blacked out. See, I was going to go with maybe he had too much ice cream the night before, but yeah, if you want to go that route. The, oh, fuck her. 
six beers in, but then 12 beers in, you're really sad. Yeah. All your friends, like, at the beginning, like, they know she's actually a good chick, but they're, like, picking at her very specific flaws, being like, come on, you can do better. Like, she doesn't even like cheese on her burgers. That would be shitty. That, that, that would be a very shitty small flaw. Yeah, I mean, that's why she's done with you. Anyway, <laughs> Simmons was aggressive in that game. I hope he remains aggressive. I don't – is there something where if Ben is aggressive, does that take away from someone? Because I feel like it doesn't. No. It's like, so, so if if Jimmy's going to be aggressive, it kind of takes away from everyone. Mm. A little bit. I but if Ben's aggressive, you know, his style of play is get to the rim or then dish it off. I have a take okay. that uh, I'm ready to unleash. All right. I'm here to – if they can sign Butler to like four years, $100 million, and I think they should just let Tobias walk. Whoa. Tommy. Tobias is – Tobias has been hot garbage since like January. No, he he had he had a nice first six games with us, and then everyone loved him, including me. But he's been like hot garbage since. Yeah, he's kind of uh he is easily the most you forget he's out there sixer. That matters. Right. Like and I at I least noticed he... Mike Scott out there because he has the the ninja headband and tattoos. And I I mean I guess we can get into this down the road, but would you rather sign like Patrick Beverly and like an upgraded version of Mike Scott and like another bench guy or Tobias Harris. So Harris got out of his funk in the third quarter. I feel like he's almost there. If he's playing well, he is the linchpin that makes us unstoppable. And he is strong. He is a very like strong, big defender as well. I feel like great Tobias Harris games always equal wins. Whereas great Jimmy Butler games don't. So the thing about but, Jimmy... But, but they are far and few between, is what you're saying. Yeah, and the thing about Jimmy, I think, I've noticed, even when he's not the offensive focal point, which he... I mean, I feel like he's like the fourth option on offense, maybe. Sometimes the fifth with JJ. I feel like he still changes the game in more ways than Tobias does. Like, for instance... Better defender, he, better passer. Yeah. like more. He's way more gifable. Like, he, he didn't score as much in game two, obviously, as game one. But I feel like he was just – he's just he's even just as effective or, like, more effective in that mode at this point in his career. And, like, if he's willing to be that guy, like, I'll pay him. I'm here for it. I'm just worried about the, the character and the potential physical fall off. I get what you're saying. T- Tobias is almost, like, the, the best version of a fourth option you can have. Right. And you're saying you don't know if he can be a reliable third option. Right. It's not a bad point. Like, what if they sign Bojan Bogdanovic, Jeremy Lamb, and Patrick Beverly this offseason with Tobias Money? I love Bogdanovic. (laughs) Jeremy Lamb doesn't do much for me. But I feel like Bogdanovic always fucking cooks us, whether he's on the Pacers or the Wizards. Yeah. So there might be some bias on that. Why don't we cross that bridge a little bit later? Fair point. Fair point. Feels more post off post playoffs to have that fully uh, fully yeah, baked and take. If this is your forum to unleash your takes, you don't get to do it very often. You don't know when this pod's coming back. Could that's, be next week. It could be a month and a half from now. That's right. So you got to get the takes off. You know when they're there. Let the takes fly, baby. All right. Let's go back to the game. How do we feel about Embiid? 
He looked super uh, unathletic in game yeah. one. First half of game two, just the same. Mm-hmm. And then he kind of figured out how to dominate without his athleticism. It was pretty amazing. But how do we feel about Embiid going forward? I think um, I think he's certainly, like, I don't know if he, what's, what's the, is it hurt or injured? I think he's certainly hurt, but he's not injured. And I think the best thing they can do for this series is to continue to blow the nets off the floor like they did in that third quarter. So he only has to play 21 minutes a game and he can rest up for the second series. Cause I think they're going to have to manage his time and manage his load through the playoffs here. I think his, his knees have kind of reached their, their, their end of the road for the season. Yeah. Unfortunately. And, and part of that is he played the most minutes for a center in the NBA through the all-star break, which I think was a yeah, they were like, playing him like 40 minutes every night to start the season. That was pretty poor mismanagement. And it was one of those things where everybody was bitching about it. Right. My, my thing with Embiid is they can manage it, especially this series. But if we're in the if we're in the second round against the Raptors or in the conference finals, like what are we going to do when he has to be out there 38 minutes? Right. It's, it's looking a little bit bleak. Now, he said it's a pain management thing. I, I guess he can suck it up, but... I, I can't see a scenario where Sixers are down 3-2 to the Raptors. Hmm. He's got to play 38 minutes. What's he doing game seven? Yeah. Does he just not play? Painkillers. I'm, <laughs> I'm a little bit scared. Yeah. I mean, hopefully, like, if they can alleviate his minutes here and and if they can blow the nets out, have a little bit of time off, like, like get, get his breaks I'm, where they can. Like, I'm, they can. I'm saying just rubber hits the road time. I'm not even – Say we win this series and we, we face the Raptors. Even the first four or five games of the Raptors series, we can maybe manage it here and there. We you know we blow them out on, at home a game or two. But eventually we're going to have to play and be 38 minutes in two games in a row. Right. And that's – I don't have an answer for it. I'm just saying I'm very scared of when that happens. But that's this fair just thing. got real depressing. No, no, no. It's fair. I mean, it's fair. It's been on my mind. I mean, you just hope that, I don't know, one, you have to have realistic expectations. Like, do you think this team is winning the title this year? I say no. But I think if, I think we can make the finals, especially with these, like that third quarter against the Nets, if everything is clicking, and it doesn't have to be clicking all the time. But like like I said, in a rubber hits the road, if we're in game seven and everything clicks, we're gonna win that game. Yeah. I yeah, I, I just got a little bit depressed because I just kind of talked that out and came to that realization just now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, rest of this series, how, how do you feel? Do you think we're going to advance? How how many games do you think it goes? I, I think they went out, Sixers and five. Sixers and five. I think D'Angelo Russell is going to go bananas one more game. Sixers and six? Sixers and six, yeah. I think you and, you Russell's going to drop Russell's going to drop 38 in game four. Okay. Um, I won't be going to any of the games, by the way. That, I wanted to ask you this. So you live in New York City. Mm-hmm. How many Brooklyn Nets fans are there? Um, I see, like, some hats walking around. I mean, I don't live in Brooklyn, to be fair. That's true. Not a ton. But I feel I, like Brooklyn hipsters aren't the sports hipsters type hipsters either. 
No, they are. They're the they're the what sports ball type hipsters. No, I think I think you're wrong. I think they're those type. They have all sorts of types of hipsters. Okay. Oh, okay. They they have every kind of hipster. Okay. Yeah. There's Who's definitely... wrong to me to uh, put all the hipsters in the one group. Correct. How does one become a Nets fan? So there's a couple routes. Like Margie's family, my girlfriend's family is Nets fans. Okay. So they're Nets friends from obviously when they were in Jersey, and then they just followed them back. Like they they kind of lost interest, like in the beginning. Uh, when they were in Brooklyn, but like now this is like a likable team. So they're like back on board. Okay. And then the, the other thing is like, I guess like you grow up like a Knicks fan or you grow up a basketball fan. And then the Knicks have just been so bad. And like, if that team moves to your neighborhood, yeah, then you're just like, you know what? I'm just going to like, this team is going to be my team. Or I feel like if you're a transplant and you kind of want, or if you're a transplant without an NBA team, or you kind of want a second team to root for, and you're like, fuck the Knicks. Like, Brooklyn's a lot cooler. Yeah. and I, Yeah, I mean, it's also like a, a well-run organization. Like, they're doing interesting things. Um, last thing, Nets. And I guess we're, we're turning into a Nets podcast right here. Do you hate anyone on the Nets after two straight games of watching them? Jared Dudley had some words about Simmons today that were a little spicy. I, I guess I don't like him. He is kind of a pain in the ass. I don't like Kenny Atkinson. I don't like the thing about Jared Dudley is he looks like the Pringles can. <laughs> or the Pringles guy. Kind of. What do you think about Kenny Atkinson? I don't think I like him. Why do you think he seems like a, a New York Wall Street Coke guy? He seems like a, a strung out uh older JJ Reddick. Yeah, he definitely seems strung out. Too strung out. He I don't love Brett Brown, but I feel like Kenny Atkinson immediately was like this guy's coaching a terrible team, but he's a great culture coach. Fuck that. That was Brett. <laughs> but Kenny's just a better coach. Probably. But I meant I, I I didn't like Kenny Atkinson from some article like a year or two ago when they sucked. Mm. I'm trying to think. How, how do I feel about Kenny Atkinson? I don't like him. I don't like him for this series. I think just he's my villain for this series. Watch. Kenny Atkinson kind of looks like a dirty cop. Like a detective. Yeah, I could see that. I don't I don't hate D'Angelo Russell. No. Nah, he, he's like not that hateable and he's really fun. I don't really hate I don't really hate anyone on the Nets. But no one's like really come at come at anyone too hard. I mean, somebody will probably come at them on to, like tomorrow or the day you're listening to this today. Tonight. Because, tonight because of that Embiid elbow. Yeah. But uh otherwise, you're probably fine. All right. Speaking of nah, I I'm we're moving on to the Eagles. The NFL draft is a week from today, if you're listening on Thursday. Uh, so we're going to go through some draft scenarios. But the but the Eagles' schedule was just released. Tommy, do you want to go through that first or NFL draft stuff? I'll do the schedule real quick. All right. We're, we are going to rip through this. All right. So something of note, um, after October 27th, the Eagles only have to get on a plane one time. Wow. But here's the full schedule. So home for the Redskins, away for Atlanta, uh, Sunday night. Home no, for Detroit. Why don't we just go through it right now? Oh, okay. Home for Redskins. Win. Win. Uh, Sunday night uh, at Atlanta. Uh, win. Win. Home for Detroit. Win. Uh, win. 
Uh, three now. Thursday night uh, at Green Bay. Uh, loss. Loss. Rogers still healthy. He's got one more week. Yeah. Uh, Jets. Jets at home. Week five. Uh, win. Uh, I say loss. I mean, it, it's it's fucking April. You're really picking them to lose to the Jets uh, in April. That's right. Uh, Vikings uh, uh, away. Uh, we own Minnesota. We won the Super win. Bowl there. That's a win. Win. Uh, Dallas oh, at, Sunday night in Dallas. Win. Yeah. Buffalo in Buffalo. I could. I feel like that's a sneaky loss, but it's April. Win. All right. Yeah. Win. Um, Chicago at home. Chicago revenge, maybe. I, I'll say loss. Uh, bye week. We're winning the bye week. Uh, this is your joke every year, and the Eagles always win the bye week. Uh, next Sunday afternoon, Patriots at home, four twenty-five. Great game. We're gonna get some Romo, Carson Wentz, Brady, Romo. Um, after the bye, win. Seattle at home, first time in uh, the history of the Seattle franchise. Uh, win. Uh, Dolphins away. Only road game that they have to fly to. That would be a great game to go to. Sunday, December 1st. Oh, well, the Dolphins will be in full-blown tank mode. That's a win. Yeah. Hopefully not not, not too much uh, Miami flu. A lot no. of God guys for the Miami flu to be in effect. That's hungover, Chris. Oh, I, I actually I thought that was like, yeah. a, like the Spanish flu. You know how the Spanish colonized Florida. Sure. Um, Giants, Monday night. Win. We destroy the Giants in primetime. Washington, 1 p.m. away, December 15th. The game where I promise Chris I'm going to go to the game with him in Washington and then eventually blow him off three days before. Hopefully I'm not living in Washington at that point, but win. (laughs) Uh, Sunday night, December 22nd, 425, Dallas. Win. And uh, Giants uh, Giants on the road, December 29th. Uh, win. Counting the bye week, that puts us at 15 and 2. 15 and 2. Yeah. Because we won the bye. Okay. But to get to 15 and 2, we got to pick some good players. So let's do that. That, that was the best transition of the pod thus far. Yeah, that was the veteran stuff right there. So why don't we just go through some through some scenarios? Let's start off with uh well, what do you think of this draft as a whole? Tommy, you're 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 the uh the, the quasi's draft insider. <coughs> um, I think this draft is pretty like, so there's like 15 guys in this draft that are like super, super good. In my opinion, 15 to like 20. Okay. But then there's like 40 guys after that, that are all like the same starters could be really good. Okay. So I think it's like a really like deep draft in the first two rounds. I think it's a very deep draft in general. Like, I think there's a lot of talent, like through the first like five rounds four or five rounds, but especially like the first two rounds, they could get like two to three blue chippers for sure. The one thing I noticed in looking at mock drafts for this draft, this is the most out of control mock draft season I've ever seen from from mock to mock. I mean, I'll see Christian Wilkins going six and then him going past the Eagles at like 29. I know that goes on this time of year. Yeah. But I feel like it's to a much larger degree. I feel like after the first three or four picks, no one has any fucking idea what's going to happen. Right. Whereas I feel like in years past, the first oh. 10-ish guys are pretty settled. Right. You might not know where they're going to go, but all 10 of these guys will get picked in the first 11. Well, there's so much talent on defense 
And like the quarterbacks are kind of like they're Man. good, but they're all like flawed. It's like one of those years. I um, see I see DK Metcalf going seven and then <sighs> going like thirty one. Same with uh Rashawn Gary. Yeah. Like after after Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Quinnen Williams, Nick Bosa, th- that's about it. Like Devin White. Yeah, and Devin White. Those five guys will go top eight, and then everything is up for grabs. Which honestly, I think is is great for the fun of watching the draft this year. I yes. think it's gonna be really fun, um, and also uh, could be potentially great for the Eagles because depending on how things go, there's. Uh, and we'll get into this, I guess, in a second. Well, I'll just get into it now. There, there's four quarterbacks um, and two tight ends who could potentially go before the Eagles pick. And if that happens, then they're picking from, like, all high blue-chip guys. And some skill position guys who had good workouts. Right. Who have been flying up draft boards. So let's start off. Somewhat reasonable pick that would make you the happiest uh, assuming the Eagles stay at 25. Uh, okay. Can I give you... Um, how how so... about I get my answer, then you go. Okay. So I'd be fine with any defensive lineman, because they're all studs in this draft. So one of them's going to fall to us. I don't care if it's an inside guy. I don't care if it's, it's an edge rusher. Any defensive lineman I'm going to be happy with. Or Devin Bush, the Michigan linebacker, because I fall in love with a linebacker every year. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to go I, – I guess I'll go broad as well. So I'll go any of, like, the top off- offensive tackle guys, the guys that are, like, undersized right tackle guys, guard guys, like Cody Ford, Dillard, Jonah Williams, um, any of those three guys, or, like you said, any of the defensive, like, linemen. So, like, I like uh, Cleveland Farrell, I think, might stay Any of the Clemson guys I'd be fine with. I don't like Dexter Lawrence that much. You think I he's like just kind of a big body? That. Yeah. <clears throat> he, okay. he doesn't seem like a good fit next to Cox. He's more he, of like a nose tackle. Okay. You're right. Well, Cleveland Farrell, Christian Wilkins, I've seen mocked to the Eagles a couple times. I would love that. Yeah. I, I I wouldn't hate Jeffrey Simmons, even though he's hurt. Yeah, a little red shirt. Well, he's a red shirt, but he's probably going to be back like late in the season, but he's like a top five talent. I think mostly because he also went to Mississippi State, and that would just be cool. Yeah, that would be two cool. defensive tackles just fucking killing it. That both went to Mississippi State. What about Montez Sweat and uh, Josh Sweat? Whoa, sweaty boys, or or, or the sweaty bros. Yeah, and I then feel the like other, he's a little bit outside of our range. The other thing I would like is for them to like flip Aguilar for like a fourth or fifth round pick, and then take one of the receivers because I like like two or three of the receivers that are going to be there a lot. Later on. No, at 25. Oh, you're saying flip Aguilar and then pick a receiver at 25. Yeah, like flip Aguilar for like – or like flip Aguilar in like a trade back or something and like get like a third and a fourth. I don't know. Just and then like what, what receiver? Trade Aguilar and then basically pick like one of the receivers there. What, so give me your receiver. So I really like – both the Browns are the guys that I like the most. So A.J. Brown and, and Hollywood Brown. Hollywood Brown seems like – very Deshawnee, wouldn't they kind of overlap too much? Or you think he can get some, give you some underneath slot guy stuff too? So he, he has a little bit of the underneath slot guy stuff. I think Deshaun's more of like a straight line burner, where okay. I think Marquise Brown um, is also. Don't ever call Marquise Brown. It's Hollywood Brown. 
Hollywood Brown is also like a very good from what I've read and what I like um, today. There was actually a great athletic article by Ted Wynn on like Hollywood Brown. He's very, very good at like fucking with cornerbacks and like changing his routes. Like he has, he's a really, really high level route runner. I probably watched six Oklahoma games this year and I swear I never saw Hollywood Brown have an eight yard reception. I, I mean that in a good way. Yeah. All of his catches were 18 yards downfield. So, I mean, if you think about it, like him in the slot or him as a second guy, Deshaun on the other side and Alshon on the same side of him. And Goddard Earth. and Ertz, holy shit. Yeah. Okay. And then A.J. Brown's like a, a huge rocked up slot guy. It's like a better version of Aguilar probably. I, I feel like A.J. Brown He's is... getting a lot of Jarvis Landry comps. Yeah, so D.K. Metcalf is the... Odell Beckham of the duo and AJ Brown is the Jarvis Landry. Yeah. They're, they're, they're not similar they're. players. I mean, Metcalf and Beckham being explosive freaks and Landry to AJ Brown being the solid, great hands, great route runner slot guys. So those are the two guys that I really like there. All right. Give me the unreasonable pick that would make you the happiest and how it would happen. Uh, I mean, I think Ed Oliver would be incredible. How does that happen? I think either the Dolphins or Green Bay, they trade up to like 13, 14. Ed Oliver's still on the board there. Um, the Dolphins trade back because they want to be bad. So they pick up picks and then they take like Jeffrey Simmons. And then the Packers just want to pick up more picks. And like, I feel like they're like a trade back kind of team. Okay. And then they take Ed Oliver there. I went a lot more unreasonable with my scenario. I said Devin White, the LSU linebacker. Okay. He's probably going to go top five. Yeah. But maybe in the next week, you know, with uh, the FBI is sniffing around LSU's campus for basketball reasons. Mm. But maybe they find a little dirt on old uh, Devin White. Maybe he's, uh, you know, committing wire fraud or something. What are FBI crimes? Mail fraud? Uh, impersonation of a mail officer. Yeah, maybe he's uh, smuggling booze across state lines. Some sort of federal indictment comes down on Devin White. J just an indictment. Just, just a taste. Just a taste. And then he falls to the Eagles at 25. I mean, that would be pretty electric. Even though Will Wade, the LSU basketball coach, just got cleared, I'm sure the FBI is still sniffing around down there. Just a little federal indictment. Yeah, nothing, only nothing a little indictment. Bad. You know, like how the, uh, how the Bob guys get indicted, but it's nothing really. Um... What scenario would you hate the most? Uh, a realistic scenario. I got one if you need to think about it. Yeah, go ahead. Trading up. I, I've seen this rumor floating around a little bit. Trading up for Rashawn Gary. Ugh. Ugh. There is so much talent on the defensive line in this year's first round. Yeah. I want no part of trading up for the ultimate talent but no production guy. Wait, did do you did not he like ever that? do anything at Michigan? No. Does, does my Ed Oliver trade-up offend you? No, it doesn't, because Ed Oliver was actually good in college. I know that isn't everything, but Rashawn Gary was the number one recruit in the country, and he didn't do one fucking memorable thing at Michigan. So, trading up for him, no thanks. I got mine. All right. Taking Josh Jacobs at 25. I was all in on Jacobs before we signed Jordan Howard. Yeah, no, but I, I've been listening to Birds with Friends, as I want to do. And they they reminded me of his his injury history, and then I just like looking at his clips. Like 
He just looks like a solid Alabama running back. I don't think that guy's worth a first round pick. I, I don't think he's a worth worth a first round pick in general. Now, <laughs> pre Jordan Howard, I talked myself into him, but now it's now I'm thinking, what what is his upside? What is his ceiling? Deion Lewis, like a better Deion Lewis? No, he's bigger than that. But he, I don't think he's a three down back. I think Westbrook is his upside. Oh, wow, it's a little spicy. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, I hopefully. Uh, there's but a world where he's maybe still I'm thinking available. that because he played in such a heavy rotation at Alabama. Yeah, I think that's more so that. Okay. I, I think I think there's a world where he's still available when they pick at 50. Or just another running back. Yeah. If you're well, picking a running back in the first round, I think he should be a Gurley or a Saquon or a, a freak that you know is going to get 1,200 yards his rookie year. Yeah, Melvin Gordon. Yeah, J- Josh, er, Josh Jacobs is not that. All right, rapid fire scenarios. Love hate, dislike, or meh? Trading up in general. Generally, dislike. Like, 90, 90% of scenarios dislike uh, if it's, like, for a rock star kind of guy and they don't have to give up too much, then I'm in. I would hate trading up unless it's for a receiver who has good highlights after they announce his name. You know, when, when, when Mel Kuyper's going through his breakdown? Yeah. What about like a small trade up? Like if they trade up to like twenty one, and then they only trade they like switch to like their fourth round pick with Seattle's like sixth round pick. Yeah, I, I'd be fine with that. None of those things matter. I'm sure they do in the long run, but not really. Okay. Trading back either out of the first round or to like thirty two. I like trading back. I love it. I think in this draft you'd be fine. But in looking at the mock drafts, I feel like the elite defensive linemen, which is what I want the most, and what I think the Eagles are going to go after, I feel like it starts to run dry right around 25-26. So if you promise me we could get a stud defensive lineman and trade back, I'd be down for it. Okay, but I think they, I'm putting this under dislike. What if they trade back to like 30 and they get like Jerry Tillery and they get like another second round pick? Then I would – that's what I'm saying. I would like that. But if, yeah. if we're trading back and going a little bit blind, then there's a run on defensive linemen, and then we're caught with our pants down, then I would hate it. I always feel like I get blue balls when they trade back, too. Yeah. Um, Even though it's, like, obviously the smarter thing to do, like, I still have that little kid in me that's, like, you're trading back. Like, what a loser move. Yeah, I, I agree. Plus, you're, uh, you ever had that in a fantasy football or fantasy baseball draft where you have four guys that you want and there's four guys in front of you, and all four go. Yeah. Oh. That, that is my fear every time the Eagles trade back. There isn't really an example of this this year, but most years there is. Trading the pick for an established star. Dislike. I, I would most likely dislike. Have the Eagles ever done this? Not a first rounder. They did like the trade up to the Dolphins. They traded like Byron Maxwell, and they got like 13 Kiko Alonso. Oh, and then that, but then that got them into Wentz range. Right. I mean, we, we, we traded picks for Michael Bennett, but he was an aging star. No, the, the the future hope of a draft pick is so much more fun than an established veteran. I agree. I love the draft. So I wish I. they had – I wish they traded their entire roster and they had 100 draft picks. Uh, so you're – you want the Eagles to go process? No, I don't want them to do that. I just – I just love the draft. Um, Hollywood Brown or any receiver, uh, assuming they don't trade Aguilar. Holly Brown. I would put it as d- 
dislike, but probably talk myself into it very quickly. I would like it. It it would just, you would just have a glut of receivers. Oh, if they didn't trade Aguilar, you're saying? Yes. Uh, yeah, I mean Aguilar's on a one year deal. You're not you're not drafting for next year. You're drafting for the next five years. So that's true. Um, trading all last scenario, trading yeah. all of our picks uh, for Daniel Jones, who was a mediocre quarterback at Duke, and now is going to go top ten. So we got to get in on this. I mean, that would be the worst. What? Every year there's a quarterback like this. He's he is Tannehill. How is this guy going to go ahead of Dwayne Haskins? I mean, I'm not going to say it. What? Wait, what are you going to say? I mean, you know, Deshaun Watson falls to to 12. Mahomes falls to 16. Come on. What is what 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 is Mahomes? Mahomes half black. Oh, all the black quarterbacks. But like, Dwayne Haskins, he'd have a great game against Ohio's against Penn State. He still is amazing this year. Yeah, I think I think I do think the Giants are going to take him at six. All right, that's that my prediction. Is what is your prediction for the Eagles' actual pick? What are they going to do? Then and then we'll wrap up. I say they trade down, they stay in the first round, and they end up taking a receiver. I think they're going to draft Christian Wilkins if he's there, I don't and they he'll better because be that's what I'm really talking myself into right now. I don't think he'll be there. All right, uh, we'll be back with Phillies, Penn State. And my psychopath move of the week, all after this break. Let the bodies hit the floor. Let the bodies hit the floor. Let the bodies hit the floor. Let the bodies hit the And we are back with the pod. Went over the Sixers against the Nets and what their outlook is for the rest of the playoffs. And I got a little bit depressed. Uh, talked. We went through the Eagles' schedule. They're going 15-2 and two because they're going to win the bye. And oh, their draft the stuff. Now it's time for Spare My Intrusion. Jumping around from a bunch of different topics. Let's start off with Penn State's perspective. <clears throat> I was struggled with that one. Perspective starting quarterback Tommy Stevens has entered the transfer portal. Oh, yeah. I called this. Uh, I feel like I called this. Uh, yeah, why don't you take think... your victory lap, Tommy, and explain your whole – this is probably your best Tommy Le- reads the Twitter tea leaves ever. Well, so I don't even remember what, what the first initial one was. But I, in general, I was like, Sean Clifford's going to win this job. Like, Tommy Stevens isn't healthy going into the spring. Like, he wasn't healthy going into the bowl game. Like, it was supposed to be just like a little foot injury. Like, what's going on? Well, And you were out on him just from that – throw in the Michigan game. Yeah. I mean, I not like seriously out on him more like jokingly out on him, but out on him. And, uh, so spring goes by, uh, March 16th. I see on my Instagram, Penn state schedule release, or I'm sorry, Penn state season ticket, get your tickets. And it's just a picture of Sean Clifford. And I'm like, Hmm, very weird that you would have a photo shoot for a backup quarterback. Um, then I'm reading, Audrey Snyder from the Athletics article about the spring, she's saying, oh, um, Sean Clifford took all the first-team snaps. Will Levy took the second-team snaps. Tommy Stevens didn't participate. Uh, Spring game happens. Apparently, uh, Clifford tears it up. And then this week, they're having their their meetings with all the players. Like, they have their meetings after the spring for, like, expectations. And right afterwards, Tommy Stevens. Sort Sort of like a spring exit interview. 
Right. And Tommy Stevens immediately enters the transfer portal. So you think Franklin probably told him, hey, the job is not yours. He probably told him that you have a chance to win the job, but it certainly isn't yours. Right. At a minimum, at a minimum, yeah, he told him he's not guaranteed to win the job. At a maximum, he told him Sean Clifford's the starter. Yeah, because I, I kind of, at first I was like, wow, Stevens is transferring. But then you you can either look at it that Clifford is much better than we thought, and he's beaten out Stevens just because of that. Right. Or he's at least decent, and maybe Stevens isn't as good as we thought. Right. I'm a little bit upset, though. For about two years now, I was looking forward to the, for Penn State fans will know this, the, the Michael Robinson year of Tommy Stevens. Mm. Robinson spent three years as this wide receiver, running back, kind of gadget play guy. And then his his only year as a starting quarterback, he was a fucking beast. Yeah. Now, I don't know if Stevens would have been that, but I was looking forward to converting on every single third and one in a way that Texas does with Sam Ellinger. Just bulldoze across for a first down. Yeah, I'm just, I don't know. I'm assuming I'm, he can't throw very well. That's That's got to be it, right? He had just, He's not a great quarterback. Yeah. But I, I guess as a as a optimistic fan, I was looking forward to a year of Tommy Stevens killing it and then Clifford coming in and killing it for a couple years. See, I might lean more towards that Clifford is a good quarterback, and this is why. Well, I've been some- calling him on Sirius XM. He's Penn State Tua. Because you remember b- before Tua supplanted Jalen Hurts, he was the dropping bombs up 28 guy for battle. Right. right. And Franklin, as you know, has let Clifford just air the ball out up 40. So this is my this is my take. Why? <clears throat> so Tommy was in a quarterback competition competition with Trace. Barely lost out to Trace, what, three years ago to be the starter as a true sophomore? Yeah, I that's right. That that was a that was right until the end of camp. Very, very end of camp. Competitive battle. Trace is probably the most successful quarterback in the history of the program. Yes. Then I mean I, I mean So Tommy's that point, probably telling himself I can I can be one of the best quarterbacks in Penn State history. I barely lost out to Trace. Right. Or like like maybe okay, let's say like they expected Trace to be 80% of what he was. Yeah. And he exceeded it. That's still a pretty good shot. That's a very for, good college quarterback. Yeah, and that's a good shot for Tommy to be like in the driver's seat. And I think all the messaging was that he's in the driver's seat, he's in the driver's seat. Then he hurts his foot, dealing with injuries, dealing with injuries. Clifford comes back, true sophomore, summer of the offseason, strength and conditioning program, whatever. Gets into spring. I mean, he must have just dominated spring practices for Tommy to be intimidated enough to the point where he's entering the transfer portal. I agree. I mean, maybe even from last year's. I mean, Stevens basically entered the transfer portal before there was a transfer portal last year. Right. So maybe he thought you know, Clifford was something all along. Right. Or maybe he just wanted the, the two years of eligibility. I can see where Stevens is coming from. If he loses out, he's fucked. No, Absolutely. I think he should transfer if he thinks he's going to lose out. Yeah. But we got to look at it from the pro Penn State view. With that being said, if anyone's still listening, you should listen to me and Tommy's other podcast. We probably should have talked about this at the beginning of the pod. Yeah, we should have. We have our own Penn State podcast. It's called Beaver to Broad. It's Penn State and Temple. And it's under the PFO umbrella. 
Yep, and it'll be on iTunes shortly. It'll be on, on iTunes shortly. I had to email iTunes, and they gave me instructions. So I assumed I'd, we'd be on iTunes. But no, they gave me instructions on how to submit it for approval to iTunes. Anyway, anything else, Tommy Stevens, want to move along? No, let's move along. Um, we'll, save it. we'll save it for uh, save it for uh, save it for Beaver to Bro. Exactly. You can uh, subscribe and rate it whenever it gets on iTunes. Just look for it every few hours. Eventually, it'll be up there. Ah, let's move on to the Phillies. We did not do a Philly season preview. Um, we're way too far into the podcast to be doing a preview, and too far into the season. So I guess we're just gonna do a check-in. Yeah. This Phillies team. This is the most fun team since 2011, 2012, right? Oh, yeah. Hot bats, mediocre pitching, just high-scoring baseball games. I said this on the Bryce Harper pod, but say the Phillies are a 90-win team this year, right? Mm-hmm. I would much rather be it this way than with dominant pitching and a mediocre offense. Right. Because every game, for the most part, is entertaining, and you never think you're out of it. I mean, if, if they want to win in the playoffs, they're going to need pitching. But for now, it's a blast. Another thing I like with – I mean, this is probably the best offense in the NL or one of the best offenses in the NL. Yeah. We have so many good hitters. I, I feel like we're not going to have any of these five, six, seven-game losing streaks. We just hit too well. Right. Whereas last year where we fell off a cliff, it's your, – your, your pitching goes from great to average, and then your hitting becomes non-existent. Yeah, th- those those losing streaks can really start to add up. Yeah, they're ugly. All right, two two more things with the Phillies. Okay. What have you liked the most, and what have you liked the least thus far? I mean, it's been like early two thousands, late nineties baseball, just dingers, just so, so many home runs. runs. It's amazing. I like that. I remember uh, a sports talk radio complaint of the oh eight through twenty twelve Phillies was they only score their runs via the home run. That's not sustainable. Mm-hmm. But now all of baseball does that, so it's completely fine. Yeah. So I'm glad that's not a complaint. I also love the Fortnite waves they do to each other because I'm a big Fortnite guy. Mm. Like, that's you know what I'm talking about, the wave Reese Hoskins does? I didn't know that was a Fortnite thing. That is a Fortnite-type wave. I think it is, at least. That is one of the, the dances you can do in Fortnite. Okay. So I want to believe that it's a Fortnite thing, and it's also like a every time they do it, it's a fuck you to Carlos Santana. Smash the television. That's so funny, dude. <laughs> it's like you're slightly a generation gap, but like people that are five years younger than you are obsessed with this thing that you think is for children. <laughs> Must be so frustrating. And I mean, every locker room's got to have a guy who's willing to smash the TV because people are playing video games. I agree. Um, it's like an Angels in the outfield. It's like an Angels in the outfield when the managers uh, flip the tray of meats. <laughs> One thing you haven't liked thus far. I have two. The relief pitching has been pretty poor. It's It's been very scary. Other this than Anishik, who I love. But uh, Nola has been kind of stinky. And we're not going to yeah. go far if our supposed ace – is pitching like a three or four guy. It's kind of like the 09 Phillies. They got to the uh was it 09? Yeah, 2009. We got to the World Series, but but Cole Hamill stunk all year. Mm. If he was good, we win it easily. Right. So I, I hope it's not one of those cases. I mean, I would love to get to to the World Series. But you know That'd what I mean? And also, Reese Hoskins is not a good defensive first baseman. I mean, he's just a bad defender. I mean, we had 
what was it? Two years of Carlos Santana. No, one year of Carlos Santana. He's an NLDH. And it's like our entire fucking lives. We're just going to have shitty defensive first baseman on the Phillies. Yeah, let's do it. We had we had 10 years of Ryan Howard. Just what he had the, uh, I don't know what the term is. He had, he had the uh, catch radius of a chair. Of a, I'm in yeah, a swivelly really- chair right now. That was his yeah. radius. And I, I'll tell you what, he wasn't doing uh he wasn't doing much yoga. No. And now we his, got Hoskins. His stretches were weak. I love how every time Hoskins makes an error, I see the I can't wait for the NL to get a DH tweets. Like oh. that is years and years and years away. Do you think it'll ever happen? I don't know. I feel like I literally feel like that's been talked about my entire life. It probably has. Anyway, moving on. Last thing. Man, this is one of our longest pots. Oh, yeah. We, I mean, we got a lot to get off our chests. Amir Johnson was caught texting on the bench. Now, it may have been for valid reasons because his kid was very sick or something. Allegedly. Allegedly. But still, he got caught something he shouldn't have done at work. So, Tommy, what's the worst thing you got caught, you got caught doing at work? Uh, so, when I was a truck driver one summer. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, you were driving a pickup truck, not a tractor trailer. I know, I know. I was about to say that. So I was driving a pickup truck for a company. Uh, I got into a few different predicaments, most of which I didn't get caught for. Uh, one time I was driving on a construction site and drove on like um, not like soft dirt, and my truck collapsed into the dirt, and I was like at a 45-degree angle. <laughs> and some random, some random contractor towed me out. Didn't tell my boss about that. But one time I was driving and I had a huge um, – I was driving like – they had like two trucks. They had a regular like Chevy, whatever, Silverado. And then they had a like Ford 350 with like a huge metal cab on the back. So you couldn't use the rear view window. And I'm a huge rear view window guy. I'm not a big side mirrors guy when it comes to like backing up. Like I, I, I need the rear view window. Oh, Absolutely. Or no, wait, you, you, you don't just turn your head around? No, I mean, I do both. But, I like, I need that rear view window as a support system. Okay. But, like, you can't turn your head around when, when you have a huge fucking cab on the back of your car. Oh, okay. That's true. Because you, And then, so, I'm, I'm at a construction site, and I'm backing up, backing up, backing up. Then I stop. And then I just turn the car off, think I'm fine, turn 97.5 off. I get out of the car, and some guy walks up to me, and he's like, you realize you just hit my truck. <laughs> And I was like, what? Like, I must have just tapped it. Like, there was no damage. He was like, yeah, you just hit my truck. And I was like, oh, like, I'm sorry. Like, he's like, yeah, there's no damage. Like, everything's fine. Like, don't worry about it. He was just like, telling okay. you that, that you're an asshole. Yeah. So I drive away, you know, do the rest of my day. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, fuck, I hit a truck. I'm driving this big-ass truck. Really uncomfortable driving this truck. Yeah. And uh, go back to the office, park it. And then my boss is like, how you doing? And I'm like, my boss was a dickhead. <laughs> yeah. He's like, how you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm doing good. And he's like, oh, did anything happen today? And I was like, oh, no, not really. He's like, oh, I heard you hit someone. <laughs> so I guess the guy had called like my office and snitched on me. What a dickhead. Yeah. And then the guy chewed me out. That sucks. He definitely only called on you because you were young, too. Yeah. Like If you're a 42-year-old guy driving a truck, you wouldn't have said a thing. It's like, right. that's fucking 17-year-old backed into me. Yeah, 19, but yeah. Same thing. Your story reminded me of mine. I was going to say, well, I have a lot of bad ones that I'm not going to get into on the pod. But uh, They're my favorite, though. 
<laughs> a lot of juke in the stats. But when I was in high school, I worked at Acme, and I was a cart wrangler some nights. It wasn't all the time. It would be like one or two nights a week I was a cart wrangler. Is that a good job or a bad job? Um, It kind of sucks. I, I couldn't imagine doing it all the time. And that, it, It's got to be a shitty job because you only give it to high school kids and mentally handicapped people. So, I mean, how, how good of a job could that be? Good point. Anyway, but you could relax some if you worked your ass off and got all the carts in. You had about half an hour, 45 minutes of not really doing anything. Yeah. So this is like 2008, 2009. This is way before podcasts were a thing. Right. So I was just sitting in my car listening to 97.5 when my manager came over and, you know, knocked on my car window when I wasn't paying attention. (laughs) Like, oh, sorry, Carol. I'll be right out. You just taking a little break? I don't know what I did. I'm sure I said I had to make an important phone call or something. But just to be caught, like, in your car, not even seeing your manager walk up to you. (laughs) Oh, scared the shit out of me. Bad. You get that that jump in your spirit. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I also one time, um, whatever, we're running long. I got war work stories, but we can save them for another day. Yeah. Um, Let's wrap up with psychopath move of the week. Let's hear it. It's from me. Is it a psychopath move? So I'm a big iced coffee guy. Okay. Is it a psychopath move when you go back to your car after work and the all the ice is melted to drink the melted ice slash coffee? Is it warm? Yeah, it's like kind of warm. Like 70 degrees because it's just sitting it's like, in your it's car? It's like car temperature in the spring. Is there milk in it? There's cream. No, you know what? Yeah. No, I, I get my iced coffees black with a caramel swirl. Do you really? Yeah. I think that's fine because there's no milk in it. If there was milk in it, it'd be a little gross. Okay, so it's not a psychopath move. It's actually a nice little treat when you get in your car. Yeah, a little caramel swirl. Maybe not in the summertime, but getting in your car in March and it's 45 degrees out all day, and so it's like kind of cold. It's like cold caramel water. It's nice. Yeah, nice. All right, I'm glad you think so. My girlfriend thinks it's a psychopath move. I you think know, it was that uh, Do you want to hear something, something wild? Yeah. I haven't had a cup of coffee since like January fifteenth. What? I've only been drinking hot tea. That's that's a psychopath move. Why are you so out on coffee? I'm not out on coffee. I miss coffee dearly. I just the the stomach was not handling the coffee well anymore, so I had to quit it. Didn't you have coffee when you came down to visit me? Maybe not. I did not. Wow, you really love punishing yourself during the week. It's not a punishment thing. I just no. But I, you, you like don't eat carbs during the week. Nah, all that's dead. Oh, you stopped doing that? Yeah. Okay. Well, good for you. I'm happy for you. All right. Um, that's this week's pod. Subscribe to our other podcast, Beaver to Broad. We'll probably be doing this pod every other week now that we have another podcast. Yeah. I mean, I do have a full-time job. If you guys want to start paying me, I'll do it more often. Yeah. This is Tommy Roberts playing a song. <laughs> it's been a long, cold winter in the the mountains bleak, the soil's built my mind. My baby sent me packing, I've been drinking all the time, spending all my money on that sweet country wine. Now walking back is hard now, don't it seem? 
But I'm still spending dollars on that sweet country wine Now it's a long way back to Memphis And it's a lonely road back to my sweet Georgia I'm still walking back Baby knows 